When the first breath of winter through the flowers is icing and you look to the north and the pale moon is rising and it seems like all is dying and would leave this world to mourn. In the distance hear the laughter of the last unicorn. I'm alive. I'm alive. Peter. Peter. Sorry, it's just uh, getting in the getting in the mood for uh, the last unicorn. So <laughs> yeah, we're covering a different unicorn movie. Oh, oh, really? Which one? Legend on this episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Oh no way! Oh wait, which one? Welcome, Rewinders and new listeners to the Retro Rewind Podcast, where we take a fresh look at movies and video games from 15 or more years ago. You can find I can't stand it. It's been uh, too long since I interrupted. Anyway, go for it. (laughs) At RetroRewindPodcast.com slash 144, where there are links to contact us and vote on the movies we cover. And if you end up loving the show and want to see it thrive, you can become a reflux capacitor, making our time travel possible alongside our patrons, Jared Holzhauer, Deborah Powers, Brian Keating, Patrick Hicks, Aaron Strauss, LJ Lowry, The Feelin' Film Podcast, Peter Panda, and three other awesome patrons as well. Thank you all so much for supporting us on Patreon. My name is Francisco Ruiz. I'm a dad, designer, and I predicted that Legend would be a tragic movie. But before we introduce our uh, co-host and guest host, here is your Francisco's boop, 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 boop flash announcement. So I just wanted to remind you guys that SNES Quest is happening. Uh, currently, we're w- this is essentially where I'm trying to beat every game on the Super Nintendo Classic Edition, Super N- Nintendo Mini, whatever you want to call it. The small one. Uh, so I will... I'm still plugging it away and in Super Mario World, but if you watch me play this coming Friday, like if you're listening to the podcast day of release, which would be Wednesday last week in March, uh, if you watch this Friday, you there's a good chance that I will actually beat Super Mario World. And every time I beat a game for SNES Quest, I'm going to be doing a giveaway for a sticker that's tied to that particular quest. So there'll be a total wait, 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 of twenty-one wait, wait. stickers in total, essentially. Yes, Paul. What you're you're gonna beat the game now? Are you warping? No, I'm not warping. I'm no? just going okay. as pell mell through as me- as quickly as I can. I'm not one hundred percenting or ninety-six percenting, whatever it is in the case of Super Mario World. I'm just trying to beat yeah. Bowser. That's essentially my okay. my goal. Once I beat Bowser, okay, I'm considered that's in the game. Yes. All right. Thank you for clarifying that. So watch, right, chat, curious. follow, and maybe win at twitch.tv slash retro rewind pod this Friday. And I'm going to start unless internet issues foil me like they did this past Friday. Starting ideally, if God wills it, at 7.30 p.m. Pacific. Now that I've gotten that all out of the way, that was your Francisco's boop, 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 boop flash announcement. 
All right. Next commercial. Next commercial. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to welcome back to the show, as always, my good friend and co-host, Paul, the master interrupter powers. Hey, Paul. Hey, Francisco. Welcome to my commercial. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a commercial, Paul. It's a trivial question. Oh, even better. Even better. And here's mine for you. The voice of Gump, David, who is played by David Bennett, Bennett. She's Gump. She's Gump. It's not Sorry. Weird Al, Paul. Was redubbed oh. by Alice Platon, who played Blix. For the German version, the voice of Blix, Alice Platon, was dubbed by David Bennett, Gump, who also voiced himself in that version. So that's kind of funny, a funny sort of switcheroo. Paul, yeah. would you rather provide the English dub for a character in a Godzilla movie or in a Hayao Miyazaki anime movie, like Spirit Away? Um, oh, that's too tough. Good. Good. Oh. Godzilla is so nostalgic for me, but the Miyazaki is so more up and coming. Oh, He's man. an up and comer? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that Miyazaki, he's going places. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I could have more fun with the Miyazaki, more range. If if it's the same is it the same amount? Like, oh, you have one line, you know, or is it yeah, yeah. in each it's, or it's, it's either it's either like you get like a main supporting role. How about that? You get a supporting role. Oh, a main each. supporting role. Yeah. I think it might be fun to work on uh an animated movie more. Okay. I don't know. Fair it's enough. just uh, I'm taking a stab at it. All right. Sorry, very, I was very... opening and closing my window there. No worries, there you go. Paul. It's closed. Oh, good. I'm glad <laughs> you closed the window. There we go. <laughs> very professional podcasting we're doing here. Yeah. But, Paul, what did yes. you predict Legend would be? I have never seen this movie until this viewing. So 2018 oh, yeah, right. is my first viewing of this movie, and I will tell you my rating afterwards sounds good now we'd like to welcome back to the show uh he is the creator of the spirit blade audio drama trilogy uh the christian geek central community and podcast it's soon to be named renamed that uh he may talk about that here soon but we'd like to welcome back to the show pater franson hey pater hey you guys thanks for having me of course and i have to tell you i have to tell you i didn't mention this before now but like you allowed me to kind of like fulfill a weird fantasy of mine because back in high school, I had this really quiet, nerdy idea, this fantasy I never shared with anybody oh. of singing the theme to the last unicorn <laughs> at the school talent show. Wow. That and I never awesome. did it. Oh, <laughs> why, why well, Now not? people can hear time and time again. It's even better now. <laughs> exactly. Wow. That is. I love that chorus. It makes me feel it's... alive. America did a fantastic job there. America. <laughs> For those who don't know, America wrote those songs for the last year. Oh, I was about to say, I thought Pater just sang it. Oh, my gosh. But we're not here to talk about America or the last year in corn. We're talking about, uh, well, first, we're talking about Pater. And, Pater, this is your third time on the show. Do you know what that means? No, I don't. What that means is you have earned the rank of (laughs) shipman. And so congratulations. You're going to be a ship's entertainer. So. Round of applause, Pater. Good job. (laughs) So so now your next rank to attain is chief, and that happens when you've been on the show for six times. So you can go for that. What's the record so far for repeat uh, repeat, uh, guest hosts? That's probably held by my wife, and it's somewhere like in the 20s or higher, I think. 
So that, I was about to what, say only twenty. So what's wow. what's that rank? I'm still your wife. <laughs> <laughs> after after ten, you become an officer. Oh, okay. So All right. for nope. those watching on the Twitch stream, that's what the little triangles next to our names represent. Mine is the the captain. Paul's is the uh, executive officer, and now uh, Peter, uh, the the triangle with this with the white carrot underneath is shipman so congratulations Peter. thank you very much absolutely now pair here's your trivial question for legend okay the statue of pazuzu from the exorcist is visible as an at- atmospheric prop in two shots in this movie it oh, wow. and it appears as a silhouette each time once in meg mucklebone's swamp and later in the long shot wow. of the chained up unicorn Pazuzu, which if you've seen The Exorcist, that's the first statue at the very beginning that the the priest is like facing off with while the dogs are barking. Oh, okay. Uh, and, and it's recognizable due to its distinctive wings. Pater, if you could include any movie prop in the background of your uncut movie reviews, what would it be? Oh, oh my gosh. Could be from any movie. Oh, my gosh. But obviously not something There's- CG. It has to be an actual physical prop. Okay, um, this is too much, man. <laughs> this is there's like all there's like a whole world. I got to look at my movies and think about this. Um, you know, gosh, it it would probably have to. Uh, I'm gonna think of something much better later. I'm taking this way too seriously. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I'm thinking for now, what I would go with is um, the uh, the the '89 Batmobile. Ooh, that can count as a problem. Yes, definitely. Definitely. (laughs) Because I was going to say the the Ark of the Covenant from the Raiders. (laughs) That's a good one too. Or or even if you drink your uh, your Mountain Dune or or whatever out of the uh, Jesus cup from the Last Crusade, that'd be pretty good. The Carpenter's Cup. The Carpenter's (laughs) Cup. Yes. The Holy Grail. Exactly. Yeah. I, no, I think I'd like to nonchalantly just pull things out of the ark now and then. <laughs> <laughs> Looking around, oh, what have we got in here? <laughs> that is awesome. All right. Now, uh, and Peter, finally, last question before we actually get into the show proper. How? What did you predict Legend would be? Classic? You you think you thought it would really hold up? Nostalgic? You thought, eh, that might this might be fun as a revisit? Or tragic? I don't think this is going to hold up very well at all. Yeah. I really I thought about it because I hadn't seen um, the theatrical release in a long time, um, and so I, uh, I I really had to think about it, and I thought I think it's going to hold up, and so I, I predicted classic. Okay, nice. very cool. So we're we're Ooh, kind of split. We have a battle I, here. Yeah, I have a <laughs> good versus <tragedy>. evil. <laughs> <laughs> wow, foreshadowing this movie. Awesome guys. So yeah, we have a we'll see who wins out, good or evil. Light or darkness? Uh, would that make me darkness? I don't know. But Paul, will you enter our course for this episode so we know what we're going to be covering? Sure. Alice, let's have a roundtable discussion on the movie Legend, including what we liked and liked most, and also what we disliked and disliked most. And we'll come back for our final rating for and some feedback and announcements. Awesome, Alice. Please enter our course into 1985. No, not Back to the Future. Legend. <laughs> Establishing analysis vector. There is a balance to the universe. 
The struggle to maintain that balance is the stuff of legends. <laughs> the new film from the director of Alien. I found my teammate. You disgust me. Starring Tom Cruise and Tim Curry. Never! Never! Legend. Rated PG. Starts Friday at select theaters. That's right. It started Friday in select theaters, but didn't stay with us all the way to 2018 in our memories. Let's find out in our memory mind melt synopsis of Legend. A giant figure in shadow who looks like classic Satan imagery when revealed. Better make sure my parents don't see me watching this. Also, keeping a girl from touching a unicorn is apparently one mission too impossible for Ethan Hunt. Darkness is able to seduce away the girl from Ferris Bueller, yet Jack tries to save her with the help of some elves. But a grotesque monster bursts out of the swamp water and speaks in a shrill, menacing voice. Darkness is slain in his study with the light reflected from shields with a natural 20 critical hit to Diablo with a plus two. Unicorn horn of impaling, baby. Uh, that was kind of right, but it was mainly... Incepted. Yeah, uh, let's see. Yeah, some of that. Oh, well, obviously, Ethan Hunt wasn't in this movie. I don't know who thought that. That's so weird. Uh, so strange. <laughs> Tom Cruise. Yes, yeah, Tom Cruise. Though, is, I never really connected that. Tom Cruise, Tim Curry, they're both TC initials. Oh, yeah. I oh, that that yeah. means much, but <laughs> I thought that was interesting. <laughs> Regardless of that, will you give us some of the technical details about this movie? Who was in it? Uh, how to do it at the box office? Stuff like that. Okay, Legend is rated R, runs two hours and 12 minutes. It was released on November 20th of 2015. It starts Tom Hardy and Tom Hardy, because, you know, they're <laughs> twins. <laughs> Paul, did you watch the wrong version yes. of Legend? That's Legend. You said we were covering Legend. The I didn't see the unicorns, though. <laughs> okay, Paul, get back, get uh, back right. in... <laughs> Apparently, you need some more time to actually watch the real legend with Tom Cruise and Tim Curry. So let's get in the time machine. You go back, watch it, and come back to us, okay? Okay. Okay. All right. I Did, okay. did you watch Legend, right. Paul? The, the one yes. we're covering. Oh, good. Okay. Yes. Okay. I think so. It started an awfully young Tom Cruise, so it might be the right one. So okay. Legend <laughs> is rated PG, runs an hour, 29 minutes, oh. and is, uh, was released on April 18th of 1986 in the U.S. of A. That's really weird. Why is it 1985 then? Hold on. Uh I should have done my technical <laughs> research a little. <laughs> okay, it was released December 13th, 1985 in the UK. Oh, so a little bit before. Okay, got it. All right. Uh, it also stars Tom Cruise and Mia Sarah, Tim Curry, uh, Robert Picardo, Billy Barty. Yeah, and actually some, other people like that. some of these people have been in other movies we've covered on the Retro Rewind podcast. For instance, Tom Cruise, who played Jack in Legend, was also Maverick, of course, in Top Gun, which actually came out a year later. That, that was his next movie. He went from Legend to Top Gun. So wow. such a weird... What did he do before... What did he do before Legend? I assume Top Gun was was it business risky business? I think that came even after that. I forget. I I don't have wow. his IMDb up. Paul, you're the technical guy. You get that up while I'm doing this. 
<laughs> but oh, sure. Top Gun, and we covered that in RetroRewindPodcast.com slash 115. He was also Lieutenant Caffey in A Few Good Men, which we covered in slash 82. Mm. And, of course, Ethan Hunt in Mission Impossible, the first one we covered in slash 10. Mia Sarah, who was Lily, also was Sloan in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which we covered in slash 95. Billy Barty was a screwball in Legend, and also Noodles McIntosh in UHF slash 126, yeah. uh, Bait Mouse from Rescuers Down Under in slash 76, and Gwildor from Masters of the Universe in the infamous slash three yep. episode. Infamous because the audio is so bad. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. And then uh, Peter, Peter <clears throat> O'Farrell played Pox. Uh, that's the pig-like looking guy. Uh, oh, he yeah. he was also Honka in Santa Claus the Movie, which we covered in Slash 101. And uh, Kieran Shaw was Blunder, who was the guy who was part one of the Goblin guys, but then got in prison and then got stuck in the pie, that guy. He also He's also known for playing uh, Bilda, Bilbo and Frodo's scale double in The Lord of ah. the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, Slash 105. We covered it then. And uh, he was also an Ewok slash EG6. I'm not sure what that is. In Return of the Jedi. Oh, maybe that's a droid. EG6 mm-hmm. in Return of the Jedi slash 79. Finally, mm-hmm. Robert Picardo. Yeah. M- most famous probably for the Doctor in the Star Trek series. He Voyager. embodied Meg Mucklebones and also was Starkiller slash Wack slash Wack and Neek's father in Explorers slash 17. So. What did you want to know about Tom Cruise real quick? What he oh, was just in what, before what Legend. Before Legend, he was in All the Right Moves. Before that, he was in Risky Business. Before oh, that, he was in was Losing It. Before that, it was Outsiders. Before that, was Taps. And before <clears throat> that, was Endless Love. Wow. Thank you, Paul. You're welcome. Have, any other? Oh, how this movie do at the box office? Oh, yeah. I'm glad you asked. The movie... Uh, the budget of this film was about $24.5 million, and it went on to gross $23.5 million worldwide. So slightly so, less, right? I'm just slightly. Maths right there. Which, right. Is, which is more? But, I don't know. But? It, this falls in the sword and sorcery genre. Yeah. So out of all the movies from present, from 1980 to present... Where do you think this fits? There is 36. 1980s present, like in terms of grossing, top grossing sword and sorcery oh, movies? This, you, yes, in the U.S. In the alone. U.S., okay. You want to take a crack Thank at that, Peter? Clarifying. Oh, geez, I have no idea. Okay. Out of 36. I'm, I'm going to guess 20. Very close, 24. Oh, okay. Hmm. Do you know what number one is? Um, Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, or Return of the King? Well, which of the two? Return of the King. Very good. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> any other any other fun trivia like that, Paul? Uh, sure. For the, the year 1986, where it came out in the U.S., mm-hmm. uh, out of 209 movies that came out oh, in geez. the U.S., oh my gosh, how, where did it rank? In in the nineteen eighty six. One dollar. One dollar no no. Um <laughs> let's do 
What's the last number? 209? 209. I'll say 209. (laughs) (laughs) I doubt that's right, but just for kicks. All you have to do is say 208, Peter, and you win. (laughs) Because you're closer. (laughs) It's Peter, Paul. It's Peter. Peter. Sorry, it came out wrong. That's right. I answered anything. (laughs) Okay, anything. anything. Pick a number. (laughs) 208. Very close. Oh, so close. It was 56. Oh, really? Okay. Okay. All right. Well, Tom Cruise, I guess, was probably starting to be a draw at that point. Uh, Yeah. All right. So that's all the technical info that we have to discuss about Legend. Now let's get into the things, after we rewatched it recently, the things we liked about this movie, if there was anything. And let's start with our guest, Peter. What's one thing you liked about Legend? Um, I liked the, I mean, I'm a big fan of fantasy and specifically fantasy for grownups. A lot of fantasy movies that... Were, have been made since the Lord of the Rings trilogy, surprisingly mm-hmm. have been aimed at kids or, yeah. or or teens or something like that. And I like serious fantasy for grownups, you know? I, mm-hmm. I, I, Peter, time out real quick. Yeah. I'm so glad you didn't say adults because so many people say like adult fantasy and that just conjures the wrong mind. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, yes. I was, I was strategic. That was a Yes. Test. Thank you. <laughs> I see that like adult daycare and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. So, so go ahead. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, or you can't use mature either. Well, you know, but, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, true. Uh, but no, so I really appreciate that it it's a fairy tale, and yet normally I wouldn't be into fairy tales. The reason I appreciate it is because of the the no pun intended darkness, you know, mm-hmm. of the of the movie. It's mm-hmm. really more in line, and as was the intent with the classic grim fairy tales as they originally yeah. existed. You know, oh, so yeah, I, I really really like and appreciate that about about legend. Very cool, uh, Paul. What's something you liked? Was it that darkness, that sort of it, more grown up feeling as well, or something else? It's actually very, very close. What I've written on my notes is the creativity and the story. So just oh. like what Peter was saying mm-hmm. is the the fantasy and the story. And uh, yeah, I thought it was very creative in the the how the different sets, the different characters, the different creatures, and they each had a different voice. And I thought it was uh, very creative on different levels. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that a bit later. But uh, something I really like. Oh, liked. I'm sorry. They're all the same. They're all <laughs> goblins searching for their gold in the mountain. <laughs> but, you know, speaking to that creativity aspect, man, was Tim Curry's makeup amazing. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. I was super impressed yeah. with, with it. Like, no CG, completely practical. Yeah. That was – I believe – I could be getting this wrong. I, maybe I misread. But I believe Rob Botine, who was the makeup effects person on The Thing, did the makeup yep. for yep. Darkness, which is – well, okay, there you go. There's – no wonder it looks so good. Yeah. Um, now, before I, I continue with our likes, guys, I think <clears throat> we need to s- clarify – which ver- there are a couple different versions of this. There's a U.S. version. There's a, I think an international version and a director's version, something like that. Which version did we all see? I saw the U.S. theatrical version. How about you, Paul? Same, same. And Peter? 
Uh, for the purposes of this conversation, I watched and took notes based on the theatrical release. But okay. uh, a couple days later, I did come back to it just for the sake of discussion here yeah. and watched the director's cut, which is an extended version of the European release. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. Nice. So if there's anything that... Me, especially when we get to our dislikes, I wonder if there's anything you might say, oh, well, you need to check out the, the extended one because that resolves that. So, very Yeah, sure. Cool. I'll just pipe in when, when appropriate. Sweet. Let's, let's actually go back to you, Peter. What's something else you liked? Um, well, first, before I, I got to follow up because I made a note here and I didn't mention it when I talked about the darkness aspect. Yeah. Any of you guys notice in the background when they're in kind of like that hell type environment, that dude that's getting like chopped up on the table. Oh, how oh, can yes. you not notice? Holy yeah. Crap. And they, and you said, Paul, at the beginning, this was PG. And I'm like, was that before PG 13 was invented? It was. Like, I think it holy was. Yeah. crap. Yeah. I mean, there, there would be an argument for an R rating with some of the, some of yeah. the imagery in this movie. That's Definitely. Oh, dark and, you know, disturbing. Yes. But, yes. Um, but still on things that I liked. Um, you mentioned Tim Curry's makeup, yeah, uh, and uh, the other half of that is his performance. Oh, yes, I really enjoyed his performance in this movie. I mean, like, if you watch it again, and I think watching it twice uh, allowed me to kind of like uh, appreciate some of those things a little bit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, he would take like a line that's as simple as um, "sit or stand." That's the line. He, the line on the script is "sit or stand," mm -hmm. but he delivers it with like this "sit." Or stand, you know, and he's like <laughs> yes. exposing himself, you know, and so and so you see this like this this all the subtext that all the battle that's going on inside of him. Like, there's so much sub subtext in layers in almost every single one of his lines, especially once he comes out of the the mirror and he's revealed, and you see him clearly the rest of the movie. You know, totally. So yeah, his performance was was wild. Wow. Yeah. I was was Tim Curry's performance something you appreciated as well, Paul? Yeah, it's my classic maker. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Tim Curry, everything that Peter just said and what you said earlier, Francisco, about the makeup, yeah. just everything is firing on all cylinders on this character. It just, wow. Absolutely. It's, it is pretty impressive. I mean, I, I think even, even to the point where um, they're shooting him uh, charging at Tom Cruise and you see pretty much his whole, you don't see it quite down to the hooves, I don't think, but just that it definitely can totally suspend disbelief that Tim Curry, that darkness is existing. It's amazing when a movie can do something like that, I think. Uh, and and I've heard um, criticisms against uh, him and his character growing up in this uh, from people who like this kind of genre is kind of like oh it's too over the top it's too silly and i would what see like mean? still images Murder. <laughs> i would see still images and i could see yeah i could see how that's you know cartoony with the giant horns or yes, whatever yeah. but while watching this i was completely engrossed and it i i it was very believable to me yeah well and for so. me what what part of what makes it work is that it's if you remember the genre, this is not, yeah. I mean, you meant you categorize it as sword and sorcery. It's yeah. really a fairy tale, you know? Oh, yeah, exactly. And when you, and yeah. when you keep that in mind yeah. and you, you see his performance and the dialogue, you see the kind of like 
cartoonish behavior of the henchmen and stuff. It's this weird juxtaposition of, of like a childish fairy tale with this dark, cautionary, classic, grim vibe mm -hmm. to it, you mm -hmm. know? And so I think if you if you understand the kind of like where they're pulling from, uh, it just enhances and makes in the experience for me and really makes it unique. Yeah. And yeah, that, that, having Tim Curry deliver the way he does yeah. really cements it. Yeah. yeah. And I do want to say even um, I, I don't know if this would be the case for the extended version, but I'd say this version, um, it, it clips along at a pretty good pace sometimes i think a little too quickly but for the most part mm -hmm. i was I, I was like wow this this is going pretty pretty quickly okay that on to the next thing all right all right all right so i was never i never felt like like it dragged which was nice sometimes uh movies mm -hmm. from the 80s uh can feel like okay we can move on to the next thing what a drag <laughs> <laughs> wow paul uh so that's something else i liked uh paul what's what's something you liked not your classic maker um well, what you said before about uh tim curry's costumes uh, not costume makeup and all that but i thought overall the production design was stellar and top notch <sighs> Did you already cover this I mean, wasn't these your first like no no i said my first like was the creative story <clears throat> the fantasy mm, uh might as well but, the same thing Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. What production design Never and story? You're just no, walking dude. over. You're just walking over my classic maker. So that's all I'm, I know. I'm you're just making it longer. <laughs> so it's my turn. It's my time now. The sets in it were so detailed, and and well, done. the costumes and even the uh, the character makeup on all the characters. I thought uh, between the little people and the big people, it was just such taken it was taken with such great care and absolutely uh, i i was blown away i was like this was made in the 80s this 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 is a step up from most 80s fantasy movies my only quibble with that i well that was my classic maker was the set design and uh just it was so spectacular how they did the forest and the dungeons all the sayings felt like their own thing, and it felt like you were there. I loved how, especially in the in the dungeon or the tree or whatever it was, how each chamber and and the connective uh, tunnels through to each main place, it felt like a cohesive, like a place that could actually exist, which was awesome. One little uh, quibble I had though was a lot of it felt like it was on a soundstage because most of it was filmed on a soundstage. So that's the. It's amazing that they could do all that on a soundstage, but it still had that feel, which is that's the only part that sort of took me out of it a little bit. No response. That's okay. Uh, Peter. Uh, well, <laughs> no, I was waiting for Peter. To... I, I have a comment on that later. I mean, that's one of my oh, okay, uh, that's okay. one of my negatives related to that. Uh, but we're still on positive. So yes, okay, yeah, good point. And speaking of positives, let's go back to you, Peter. What's something else you liked, and then we'll get to. Actually, go ahead, give us your positive, and since we've gone through our classic makers already, go right into your classic maker. All right, so then my last one, my last positive before my classic maker is the what I would just describe as the weirdness of this movie. I I really I really like how weird it is. You know, yeah. there's, there's elements of the editing that I'm just like I feel like I missed maybe a little bit of detail on something. <laughs> you know. Oh, we'll uh, get into that. <laughs> uh, you know, there's, there's like, so, like uh, one little example 
was when he's in the cave and Una reveals herself yeah. as kind of like being full size. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then she's just like, it'll just be, it'll be our secret and stuff like that. And, and it was just a weird thing to like suddenly go in this direction and have yeah. her have this want, want to have this relationship with him and stuff. And, and, and just other, just, just little things that every once in a while made me feel like, I, I feel like I missed something. Like I don't understand this world and these characters. And, uh, while there's some negatives to that, I I've, I appreciated that it made the world weirder and it's somewhat um, un huh. uh, unattainable. It's it's like uh, this is oh. it's like this is this is strange. You know, it's it wasn't like classic fantasy and mm-hmm. other classic stories and stuff. It had an oddness about it, which again worked for me because I was seeing this in in terms of a lens of this juxtaposition of uh, favorite cla- you know like. Uh, childlike fairy tale with dark grimm's fairy tale yeah, so yeah. the oddness to it which also was really brought uh, to the forefront by the tangerine dream score the oh, the, oh, yeah. the u.s theatrical release used a largely or i think exclusively synthetic mm-hmm. you know uh, synthesizer sound for all of the scoring and it, and so all there's all these different elements come on another element that made it weird was like the ADR which is like the looping they do in the back um because it was so much was on a sound stage there was a lot of uh, uh they they had to redo all the dialogue in ADR and so you've got Gump who has this voice that like really seems odd coming out of his mouth yes. you know even though he's a little guy and it's a little voice there's just something odd so all these little different production elements that that bring that basically sum up to what i call the weirdness of this yeah. movie okay. it it results the net result is a vibe that makes it unique in oh, some good ways sure. yeah okay very cool and so but that wasn't cool enough to make it your classic maker the thing you love the most about this movie so what would no. that be that is the um uh, now you're not going to like this because I'm going to because I am going to combine um, the visual design and storytelling because oh. I think that because I think this story is told so much through the visual design oh, through yeah. the, how the world no, is yeah. through how the world is created through everything that you're looking at you know little things like uh, the the back um, the the opening scene when darkness is talking to Blix. And you see in the background, and I think they show this shot by itself at another time too, this river of smoke going along the ground and disappearing into this the fire in the background. Did you guys notice oh, that? I did not no. notice that. That's a whole cool, like though. Some, it, it's it's smoke that like it's not filling the room. It's it's like dense enough that it is running along the floor. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, what the crap? What mad science did they you know pull <laughs> off to make that happen? That would be a CG shot or something. Yeah. And and as you mentioned, as you mentioned, Paul, all all the visual elements, the the detail that create this world and define these characters, it sets the mood and the tone so mm. much, and that's why I, I really put it in the storytelling uh, department. Mm-hmm. The so just the visual design and how the visuals, including the makeup, as we talked about with uh, Tim Curry and you know other characters, uh, really tells you know it's it comes to life you know it brings the world to life. So yeah, that yeah. that that was like I could watch this movie without any sound. And still recognize this is something special here. Okay. This has not happened. This has not happened very often. This is striking. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Very, very good cool. point. Paul, I wanted to ask you, did you find this movie particularly weird in, in the way Peter's describing it? For me, it didn't, yeah. it didn't it wasn't as striking to me in that way. There were moments that certainly were, but as a total, it wasn't. It's it's I would agree with Pater in that it does have a feel of otherness or not the the norm 
but in a good way, even compared to most fantasy films. Okay. Awesome. I, I, was, just, I was just curious about that. Okay. Now that we've talked about the things we liked about Legend, before we get to the things we don't like so much, the unlegendary things, if that's <laughs> a thing. <laughs> don't, don't pity laugh my poor joke. That was, that was not No, that was funny. Oh. <laughs> My, mine was a pity laugh, so I, I apologize. Okay. For that. Oh, good. <laughs> there. They uh, both represented. <laughs> Before we get to that section, we'd like to go out to social media and say, hey, what do you guys remember about this movie? Uh, we'll start off with uh, feedback from LJ Lowry. He says, as you guys already know, it's one of my childhood favorites. It's the fantasy setting that drew me in. This movie is the reason I'm such a huge Legend of Zelda fan. Tim Curry was also outstanding as Darkness. Then Brian Minto says, The first time I watched this film was one of my earliest memories. I would only have been around five years old. I don't remember much about the first watch, but I didn't watch it again for many years because the film terrified me so much. I had convinced myself for years that it was a horror movie, and I couldn't understand why I was in the family section at the video store. Oh, wow. <laughs> I can definitely see that. (laughs) (laughs) Then uh, Steve Hamilton says, Tim Curry was the modern day Andy Serkis. That's a good comparison, I think. Yeah. Uh, The makeup for Tim was great, and I'm pretty sure I didn't sleep at all for a week after watching that. Tell tell me if I'm wrong, but Ridley Scott has been involved in every great good movie since he began his career. If you could choose one movie to be remade from the 80s, what would it be? And uh, you guys can answer that. Chris Cowan responded, uh, The Never-Ending Story, which that would be interesting to see remade. And I feel like that almost has a similar production design, like weird and creative elements in a same, completely different tone than Legend. But uh, in that way, it's similar. Uh, but you guys, what, what would be an 80s movie you'd like to see remade? Beastmaster. I was oh, thinking nice. Beastmaster, actually. But yeah, baby. I, but I was like, nah, I wanted to do something else. But yes, I, I back that. How about you, Paul? <laughs> uh, Masters of the Universe. Get yeah. a real He-Man movie yeah, going. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For me, I would like to see Flight of the Navigator re- remade. I think hmm. it, I, I, I liked it. We covered it in episode four. But I think they could do a lot more with it. And um, yeah, I think I think I think a remake could help that movie some. But leave the Beach Boys alone. <clears throat> Never touch a Chinese <laughs> man's radio. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, back to feedback. Uh, Sympathy follows. Says I remember nothing. But if Tom Cruise is in it, then I'm guessing there is a scene that has him in a Yankees hat riding a motorcycle. <laughs> No, actually, Is that, uh, not a at few all. good men. A few good men. I think he he also rides a motorcycle in Days of Thunder, That's, and Top Gun, and Top Gun. Yes, exactly. Cody Smith eighty five says Tim Curry as a giant horn devil is what he remembers. All right, then a dynamic dinosaur does a wave emoji and an okay emoji. A diba do not a diba says nice photo knee with a thumbs up. <laughs> Uh, Wardale White says, I remember seeing this on HBO. Tim Curry as Darkness was a wow, but the rest of the movie wasn't all that legendary to me. Uh, Patrick Kramer, let's see, yes, this is, and this comment will uh, serve coupled with uh, 
Dales will sort of kick us into our dislike section. Patrick- wait, 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 wait. <laughs> My wife has also added one. Well, I'm going to have you read that then, You Paul. didn't get her? I- she says, although I didn't hate this movie, I think it would be an insult to true classics to rate it a classic. Oh, shots fired. <laughs> <laughs> and so... In kind, Patrick Kramer uh, says, maybe one of the most stunningly beautiful yet dull movies ever crafted. (laughs) Ridley Scott made a movie that was lovely to look at, uh, has one of the most vanilla scripts I've seen, the saving grace being Tim Curry's performance. However, even that isn't enough to save legend. I think Mm. I like to think of the movie as a really cool cinematic tech demo in that it showed what amazing visuals were possible without having an, any sort of substance to go along with it. Ouch. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> what things did we think were non-substantive about this movie? Let's start with uh, Paul. What's something you didn't like about Legend? Uh, and this is a minor thing. I said the production design was stellar, but there were some things that weren't so stellar in that in the production design, such as some of the sky shots, like with the with clouds. The, oh, I was thinking with the sun in the background. Well, the, well, and even when the sky was supposed to be like getting dark in the dark, it was just seemed uh, like, like those we stock watching, cloud effects yeah. from the 80s. But it looks squish and a little like oh non- yeah 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 you know what I mean it I wasn't pr- done well anyway okay that's fair how about you Peter what's something you don't like uh, well it's it's really kind of what allowed so much of the visual design to be good because it in that it was in a controlled studio environment yeah. where they could light. They could light things exactly how they wanted to light them. They could create a forest that's exactly the forest they wanted to create. But the trade-off for that is that I never really felt like we were outdoors. Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. I mean, the yes. outdoor the outdoor shots, the 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 lighting, the nature of the lighting, while artistic and you know striking, did not the film never it, it always felt a little claustrophobic, no matter how much room they gave it to breathe. You yeah. know, so that that uh, that studio vibe was a, a shortcoming for me. Yeah, I, I like. I think I alluded to that in our like section that that was something that uh, bothered me as well. But something yeah. that, and this is this is a minor quibble. But man, Blix, stop with your rhyming. You're so annoying with your rhyming. Just be quiet. <laughs> I thought it was creative and, fire, and different. Fire, I like burning fire. <laughs> No more rhymes Come now. On, I mean Ray. it. Just let it haunt you. Just let it haunt no, you. No, I will not. I oh, will be we need more disliked it. by it. No, we do not. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, let's go back to Paul. What's something else you didn't like? Obviously, you, li- you love the rhymes, but what didn't you like? <laughs> well, and this almost was my tragic maker. Whoa. Because this, this was uh, a lot of... I don't know about a lot, but there were many parts of this movie that just didn't make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> what? I mean, Do I was tell. literally confused. Like they're down in the dungeons and they're sneaking around and all of a sudden they cut 
to darkness and then they cut back and then they're in this other big room with all these columns and it's like they're in a completely different room a completely different world it's like how did they get from like crawling in tunnels to these big open rooms there's no transition it's kind of like uh all right that's one there's other things like where they fall down into the dungeons and uh, i see the shield fall down and i think the sword but then they he doesn't take the shield with them and it's kind of like why even have this armor it's i would have loved to have seen a purpose for that it's kind of like it takes me back to our review of the uh the ewok movie caravan of courage where they set up these these uh tools for Uh them to use along the way but there's no payoff yeah exactly exactly and then they're telling this this guy in a pie to be quiet and yet they're being loud by saying be quiet and this back and forth and then and then tom cruise sticks his hand in lava to get a unicorn horn out it's kind of like I, I ultimately and, and, came down that that wasn't lava, but yeah, yeah, you you had to tell yourself, okay, I guess that isn't <laughs> lava. Then it's like a fiery jello light. But anyway, <laughs> and then the sunlight comes in, and they're underground, right? They have to set up all these mirrors to go way underground. The sunlight comes in, and it bursts darkness into outer space. How to get from way down into outer space and then split up into stars? It just does. Does it make sense? Paul, obviously you haven't seen Journey to the Center of the Earth. In the middle of the Earth, there it's like stars because it's crystal. Oh, that's down what there. it looked like. Stars. It was like, is <laughs> there another where did this star field come from? <laughs> from the crystals in the middle of the earth. Right. Obviously. Sheesh. So there's a lot. Those are just off the top and then the unicorns are running and it's like are they running in the same like cavern like over and over because it's like that same narrow passageway <laughs> over and over I, i'm sorry there's a lot that i could go on but anyway well, there I'll, was- <laughs> I'll you know what i'll just piggyback on that for some another thing i didn't like which is very similar it's just like the the heroes like both jack and the what are these what are they called like forest people, I thought it was elves, but I don't think they ever give them like Gump and a Brown Tom and Screwball. Do they have Nate like a like a race name or anything? Did you guys pick up on Why that? Why you got to be racist? Fight me, Paul. Just tell me the answer. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, well, whatever they woodland sentient beings, fairy tale creatures, fairy tale creatures. <laughs> yes, um, they seem to just luck into so much stuff. Like Jack just killed Meg. Just a luck shot. Uh, oh, rolled rolled the right dice apparently for that, and then yeah. finding the entrance into the dungeon. Oh, we just fell down. Oh, I guess we're here. This is great, perfect. Uh, this is exactly where we want to be. I mean, locked in, of course, but they're able to get out. Uh, just yeah, some some things that it's almost like so much. It's almost like so you. much care was put into the production design of this movie. More of that care needed to go into sort of the. Chaining the, the events of the story together, I felt like to be a bit the details more. of the story and making it rhyme. They needed to go with the flow. Exactly. Well. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh right. my goodness! Uh, I can see that, Peter. Uh, why don't you give us one more thing you don't like, and then we'll get to our tragic makers. Okay, um, this is a weird movie. You said that. that I, know I, I know I said that. Was, I know it's I said a bit was, odd, right? I know I said that was good before. Um, now I'm saying it's bad. <laughs> because because there's there's weirdness about this movie that I 
am not always in the mood for, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And some of that, some of that is fixed by uh, the European and director's cut. Some of oh. it's not, mm-hmm. um, but it's the, the, and this is where I'll take a moment to just go on the, the European slash director's cut, um, which is about, I want to say how much longer, uh, let's see, one, one thirty is the, is the um, U S release mm-hmm. and one fifty four is the director's cut. So okay. that's a uh, 24 uh, more minutes. Okay. And they really use they really use it well. You, it, some things become more clear about the characters and who they are. Like they, they are still just kind of like these, these uh, iconic type, you know, types Mm -hmm. from fairy tales, but you also learn a little bit more, but like Lily's a princess specifically. Um, Oh, really? uh, Okay. Yes. And her, like her father is the King. She's the princess. And, uh, uh, and her relationship with Jack and kind of the nature of how, of their relationship, it, it, uh, breathes a little bit more and is fleshed out just a little bit more in some nice ways. Oh, um, do they go into the Gump creature, the elf-like creature? Who's there's like, a, Do they say like his origin? Is he Malcolm in the middle? Like, no, but there's a. There's a <laughs> that's funny. That's Gosh, funny. He does look he like does. that guy. Yeah, now that you say that. <laughs> there, there are. There are sequences, entire sequences missing from this. Like when he tells, um, when he tells Gump that he uh, that Lily touched the unicorn. Mm-hmm. Um, Gump. Gump almost kills him. Um, and he basically, in the director's cut, in the extended version, he has to solve this riddle or Gump is going to kill him. Oh, um, really? Yeah, it's it's great. It's this, It's a great classic fairy tale moment where like this little yeah. weird leprechaun or fairy type creature is is really diabolical. But if you can solve this puzzle, then everything's forgiven. You oh, know? wow. Um, and so there's a whole sequence there. There's a sequence with uh, May, uh, Meg Muckle um, Mucklebones. Is that yeah, yeah, Mucklebones. That's a that's a much longer scene. You mentioned how easy it was for for him to kill Meg. Okay, it he had to use his head in the extended scene. Oh my gosh. To kind of, to kind of play to her vanity, get her to come closer. I mean, it. Yeah, he really. Uh, yeah, that's that's an extended scene Man. there. Um, oh. and and the weirdness is also alleviated. A, a significant amount by um, additions to dialogue, which makes some of the the editing that feels like you're missing a little something. Yeah, there are fewer of that. There's fewer of those moments where I'm feeling that in the extended cut because I was missing some things. I was missing a little bridging details here and there, you know. But mm. the probably the biggest thing is um, the score. Uh, oh, the yeah. the European the European release, which the director's cut is is based on. Uh, had a score by Jerry Goldsmith. Okay. Wow. Uh, yeah, and it is uh, it's considered, I guess, in watching the commentary, um, it possibly his the pinnacle of his career. Oh no my way. gosh! Better than Star Trek. Uh, yeah, no, well, that, I guess that would have come, I guess that would have come later, but the commentary that made that comment, Uh um, was, was long after he'd done Star Trek, you know? Okay. Um, but it's got beautiful orchestral stuff. It does have just a touch of synthetic stuff in a few spots, but largely it's orchestral. It's got some beautiful choral stuff that bring out just the, the, the mist, the mystic and, uh, mythical nature of, of the whole thing. Did they explain why, because the U S version came out after the the British version, why they would use the synthetics over the course. Yeah, that's, that's in the commentary and you can get, uh, this is the, this is the, this is the set that I have. Here's the commercial (laughs) people buy the, uh, the ultimate edition. This is just, this is just a DVD. It's not even, I don't even have it on Blu-ray. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you, you should be able to get, uh, get this pretty readily. Um, and crap, what was your question? 
Well, just why what? they went oh, with uh, the Tangerine Dream over yes. Jerry Goldsmith. Yeah, the commentary talks about that. It's there was like Ridley Scott was kind of like second guessing himself, and in in retrospect, the reason he made the director's cut was because he realized you got to go with your initial instinct. It's usually right. He was second guessing himself for the American audience, and the the prevailing thought of the day was. America's all about rock and roll, and so we want a more pop, modern-type sound for the American audiences. And uh, and the cut was just a little bit different, too. The, the runtime was not very large, maybe 10 minutes longer, something like that, in uh, in Europe. Um, but that was kind of the, the thought at the time, was mm. to kind of make it... And he really likes what Tangerine Dream did, um, and he th- thought they did an amazing job. Mm-hmm. But as far as what his vision was, uh, he wanted to use the Jerry Goldsmith score because that was closer to his initial uh, oh. vision. So yeah. it sounds very familiar uh, with uh, Blade Runner. Story. Oh, that, oh, no, was there a story, story one? Yeah they they had a different they had a oh that's right uh, that's right yeah soundtrack in Europe I think that's slash twenty two. Something like that. I think it's in the 20s when we covered it. Google it. Google and, it. Um, also, also uh, one, of the, one of the things that was kind of weird about it that I'm not always in the mood for is Gump's voice, which, yes. as, you yeah. mentioned, as, as you mentioned, is voiced by Linda, whatever the heck, who did the, the, the character Blix, yes. right? I'll get that up um, here in a second. Now there's a story. There's a story behind that. I mean, like this guy was a German actor, and he was going to do, you know, his own voice. And as you mentioned, I didn't know that that he did the voice for the German version, which yeah, makes yeah. a ton of sense. Yeah. Um, but Alice there was a producer. That, okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. There was a producer that that uh, was watching like a cut of it, um, and he said to to Ridley Scott, he said. Well, he said you've got a you got a f a Nazi there. You got a Nazi elf. <laughs> oh, <you know>? oh <laughs> no! <laughs> and he was like. Well, no, it's just a German accent. Like it could be like maybe from the Black Hills. He's like, no, nah, he's a Nazi. You know? Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh wow. And so because because this producer was like, no, nah, he sounds like a Nazi. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> he had uh, he had what's her gal uh, d- do the voiceover, but and he couldn't when he was constructing the director's cut. You know, he didn't have um, uh, he, he couldn't find the the original like recording that the, the actor had done in English oh, for that, yeah, one, okay. which he really had wanted to incorporate yeah, into yeah, the director's yeah. cut, but. It, but if they if they did all ADR anyway, he couldn't. It wouldn't have been good quality. Well, if you they know, re- the original, they may have re-recorded oh. him. Oh, originally, yeah, but yeah. If they probably didn't re-record it. Oh, ADR. Well, yeah, know, I'll get to the ADR a little bit later. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, the time is nigh, Peter, because it's tragic maker time. Go right into yours. My tragic maker is the freaking ADR in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) It is is quite noticeable at times. You know, now I get the reason for it because I watched, uh, I totally nerded out watching this this week. I watched like the the 50 minute documentary on how it was made. Oh, wow. If you look at so much of the, the scenes, there's like, there's like snowflakes flying or bubbles or there's always something freaking Glitter. floating in the air. <laughs> yes. There's always stuff in the air. And and so they always had fans running. Um, yeah. So even though they were in this controlled environment, it was crap for sound. Yeah. yeah. And so they had to do all the ADR over. And the problem is if you don't factor in in ADR, you know, like if, if someone is like if the shot is kind of like this far out, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and you've got someone talking and, and maybe there's something else going in the background, too. Then you just, as an audience member, you're expecting a different tone of voice. You're expecting something like this. And so when you get this instead, you know, then it sounds a little bit odd, you know? And so, (laughs) so there's something about the, 
it's the it's the ADR direction. I almost want to say yeah. that like they should have anticipated more what kind of performance they needed to match uh, what was going on in the in the frame. You know, what are you talking about? Yeah. So it. Just, <laughs> yeah, I think it's just over here. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, so the ADR, I mean, just like even the normal characters, they it was weird. Just weird. Yeah. Weird. Well, and well, you know, I was going to say that's really your tragedy maker, but as professional audio person, that I could see why that would be such a, a quibble for you. So, or quibbles too maybe, maybe too delicate of a term. Such a horrible thing should be burned at the oh, stake. It's, it's a tragic thing, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing up the drama, Peter. Go with it. That's right. Okay, all right. <laughs> terrible, terrible. I had blood in my stool after hearing that oh for two God. hours. <laughs> Whoa. That's up to 11. Thank you, Spinal Tap. Uh, Paul, what is your tragic maker for Legend? All right. Sorry to get a little... Uh, well, you. I'll let you fill in the blank for this, but... Henri? Uh, yeah. You set up the story about, oh, this, and again, this is putting more attention into story. You set up the story about, oh, there's only innocent people that can be with unicorns. They're only, they exist because of the, the, these two people are so innocent. And yet, both of the girls, Jack and and Ferris Bueller's girlfriend, whatever her name Sloan is. Sloan and Una? It, 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 not Una. Well, you said both fairy. of the girls. So I, what I other Jack, girls are there? I think Jack is a girl. Jack, That's both characters. Why? Jack. <laughs> what? The Jack I'm not saying Jack is a girl. Oh, I thought you were saying that he looked like a girl. That was your little joke. <laughs> <Yeah, okay. laughs> no. What two in the, girls? In the premise, uh, there are not two girls. Let me start okay. over. Oh, okay. 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 <laughs> the premise of the story is that it takes innocent people to... I don't know, be with unicorns, something to do with the unicorns. It, they only exist because of these two innocent people, Jack and uh, Lily. That's okay. her name. Yes. Um, but they are, I'm sorry, they are not innocent. Yeah, yeah. When you have godless Ridley Scott in charge, <laughs> and then you have... Oh, here we go. The, the, the writer... <laughs> The writer, I, I forget his name, William Jortsberg. I don't know how you pronounce that. But anyway, they're he's obviously godless. They don't, they don't, they are so far removed from God, they don't know what innocent is because here she comes in. And the how you meet her is she, well, at least in the US version, she, what is she doing? She steals. She's, no, no. Before we get to that, there's oh. some poor woman who's doing her laundry, or whatever. Oh, yeah, she, yeah. she takes the clothespin off, and the, and at, it, it flies in the air. She's at the very least, she's making this poor woman work more hard and do <laughs> more. At the very most, the the clothes are gonna get uh, gra grass stains and ruin the clothes. And, but anyway, she goes in and steals, and then she goes, she's talking with the woman later. And, 
And she's like, oh, you're going to see your true love or, or, or you're going to see your sweetheart. She goes, no, that's a lie. <laughs> yes, it's what we call a white lie. She's innocent. There's nothing, you know, they consider all this innocent because, you know, they're not hacking people up in the dungeons of hell. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have Tom Cruise who tells the future of the future boy. And we all know scripture says there shall not be anyone among you who, you know, practices divination or... Or we're tells not, fortune. No, we're not in the movie and theology part of this podcast. I know. Okay. But this is where I'm coming from. And All you right. say, okay, these are our prime examples of who is innocent in this movie. Okay. <laughs> and so it just takes me out of it that it, you have well, good versus evil where they don't even know, they can't even show what good is. Could you well, now, hold say, on a second? Oh, go ahead, yeah, Peter. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, well, I was just going to say, was that in the opening, was it the opening crawl that established Jack and Lily as innocent? That's or was, what or it's... Was, or was it Go Darkness ahead. who referred to them as innocent, innocent, or innocent or something innocent, like that? And then yeah. we cut to Jack and Lily. Um, I, I, I don't know for I, sure. So I think your point stands if the opening crawl identified Lily and Jack as innocent. I think it's not as uh, strong a point if um, if darkness was the one who was point. calling, referring to them as innocents, because I don't think he's the best judge though, of character. <laughs> I agree. I totally agree with that. I do want to say, though, I think I seem to remember Jack saying, Jack saying something to the effect, he's saying this to Lily, something to the effect of, only the pure of heart can see the unicorns or something. And pure oh, of heart right. is synonymous with innocence. So yeah, that's right. I remember that. It, yeah. Everything on the movie predicated on this idea. Yeah. And yep. and the fact that I was like, oh, you're not allowed to touch the the unicorns. I was like, oh, but I did it for love. Oh, it's okay. Yeah, you're yeah, forgiven. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, as long as you do it for love, then that yeah. makes everything okay. Well, that... that particular issue is fixed a bit in the extended cut because exactly which i didn't see which only infuriated me more because i so when i said i'm sorry to be such a nitpick or whatever you fill in the blank i don't know what you call that but it it that's where i'm coming from so yeah, it, it, it bothers me okay that's fair my my uh prostrations is that the right word prostrate you're prostrate were you down on the ground? <laughs> or that's were you mean. taking a dump? I was the wrong word. <laughs> Prostate has to do with... Um, yeah, no, that's not okay. it either. Prostrate is going... My, pro okay. my protestations, <laughs> my things I'm go. protesting, that's not the word okay. either, but whatever, aren't as strong as Paul's. But And actually, this may be something that sort of relates back to what you were saying uh, before, Peter, regarding the extended versus the the u.s theatrical but my tragic maker is is that there are things that i feel like if they're filled in by the extended it both makes me mad that i didn't see the extended and also makes me happy that oh, okay so this was the fuller story but there are things like for instance uh why so why did winter set in before the horn was cut from the unicorn at the beginning. it's. I mean, I, I get this feeling that the whole reason winter came on was because there was this, um, this the they killed one of the unicorns, essentially. Uh, uh, I assumed because it was poisoned at that point. And so things were starting to, to fail. Nature was I, starting to fail. And I assumed the white queen of Narnia was going to show up. <laughs> <laughs> 
What'd I will you, say. Oh, never mind. We're not there. I was going to say, Go what ahead. do you mean? Po- like what poisoned? The what poison poisoned dart. What yeah, co- Blix, Blix, Blix dipped his dart in poison and then oh. blew it. And, 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 and the unicorn. Okay. All right. I'll buy that for a dollar. Uh, but then how? <laughs> how come Lily? How come Lily wasn't evil when Jack jumps back into the pool? It seems like. Like when they're they're back at the that part where uh, she tossed the ring in, but she's like asleep. Why isn't she yeah. still evil, Lily? And somehow him getting the ring turns her back into good Lily. Like what? Oh, oh, you're evil, Lily. Now let me take my uh, makeup remover to your uh, black eyeliner and black lipstick. Oh, let's take this dress off and put your white dress back on. You're really gonna go through all that effort? I feel like it could be way more significant to show. Oh. I dive in, which I still don't get why he dives in for this ring, and then that somehow magically makes this better. But let's say it yeah. does. You dive in, you get the ring, and to come out, and then that sort of transforms her. You did sort of this, you know, eighties metamorphosis thing. It probably wouldn't look great visually, but still, I think that'd be a lot more powerful in terms of what his action was doing than she just wakes up. Yeah, that didn't make sense. Yeah, it was that was a that was a good example of fairy tale logic, and okay. you're either going to be up for it or you're not. I mean, it's you know because yeah. she, she she like he do, he went after that because she said I will marry whoever finds this ring. Sure, yes. Right. yes. So she throws that in the water. He go. So why in the world her saying that, throwing it in the water, him getting it? Why that had any power to do anything at all makes no sense mm-hmm. um, right. unless you're willing to accept. Fairy tale logic. Well, right. I, Which, I, if you made it to that part of the movie, they assume. <laughs> they assume you would. Yeah. yeah. And I'm fine. I'm on board with that. I just want to, if you're going to use fairy tale symbolism, make it more in a movie, make it more visually uh, striking, mm. I suppose. I mean, so much about this yeah. movie is striking. I mean, you should you should be conveying that this, this ring has some power to it in the visuals. And that is lost i feel yeah yeah do it right (laughs) so that's that's the things we disliked most about legend so now that we've entered all our all our targeting information into the firing computer alice do you have a firing solution for us firing solution complete rating salvo at the ready on your mark all right, the moment has come. Do we rate Legend a classic? We'd recommend anyone go and see this movie, whether or not you've seen it before. A nostalgic, we'd only recommend it's worth a rewatch. Like if you enjoyed it as a kid, you'd probably enjoy it now. Or a tragic, we'd recommend no one see this, whether or not you've seen it before. So let's start with our guest, Peter. How do you rate Legend? Uh no question, even after watching the the uh, theatrical release, it had been years since I saw it. Classic in my mind. This okay. is a movie that um, if you're not a fantasy fan, but you just like movies in general, this is worth seeing just to appreciate uh, the visual design of this movie mm-hmm. and just how mm-hmm. striking it is. There's enough striking and unique elements in this. Um, both as a movie on its own and especially, you know, in the in the collection of fantasy movies over the years that really make it stand out. And above and beyond that, the U.S. theatrical release is a must-see for fantasy fans. I think if mm-hmm. you haven't seen this and you're a fan of fantasy, then you definitely should uh, should see this movie. And then on top of that, even though <laughs> I, I, you know, I we're only talking about the U.S. release as far as our ratings go. If 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 any of that is true of you, you've got to see the extended director's cut. I mean. Yeah. You are, 
you are cheating yourself if you have any interest in this movie at all and neglect watching the director's cut if you have the opportunity. Awesome. Okay. So a classic from Peter. Paul, what say you about Legend? All right. I have This is your first time rarely, again. This is my first time this watching yeah. this. And through the years, this movie has not come up often. So it's one of these like not as popular movie, mm-hmm. just in general movie discussion. And when it does come up, it tends to be more on the negative kind of boring side mm-hmm. in those conversations that I've had. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't expecting much going in. I was surprised how well I did was enjoy is the wrong word. I invested. I'll, I'll say enjoy invested. Yeah. How much it kept my attention and, and how surprised I was by all the positives um, mm-hmm. that I talked about. In fact, at one point when uh, the darkness was when the father of darkness was saying, uh, you know, seduce John. her. John. Yeah. I would, and I, I turned to my wife. I said, if he turns into Ferris Bueller, this would be like the best movie, one of the best movies of all times. Because Matthew Broderick coming in and seducing, and then that only makes sense, you know, in Ferris Bueller that, you know, oh, no wonder he's shirking authority because he's darkness, you know? But so you're saying like have, he had, takes a form of Ferris Bueller? He would, yeah, you would, next scene, you would see Matthew Broderick come out in his form and then you know the 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 prequel to Ferris Bueller okay. why they're together. <laughs> so you're envisioning, you're envisioning darkness stepping out of the mirror and then followed As, by... Bow, bow. Oh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I was about to say, that's one of the best kept movie secrets ever. That, that would have been on top. No, wow. as, and it did have its flaws um, as well. And I, I would say, yeah, I, I like this a lot more than I thought I would. But I don't think everybody should see it. It's not going to be everybody's cup of tea. So I can't really recommend it for everybody. But like Peter said, if you're a fan of fantasy, yeah, I'd recommend giving it a watch. Um, so is there a rating in that, here somewhere? <laughs> the rating is, for me, nostalgic. Nostalgic. Okay. So if you liked it before, you'll probably like it still. Okay. Man, this puts me in a quandary, guys. Uh, going into this, I, I was hoping our discussion would help, and I think it has. I, I was split <laughs> between nostalgic or tragic because – um, like typically how I rate a movie is, uh, do I enjoy it? Uh, did I fall asleep at all? Are there quotable lines? <laughs> Would I show it to my kids? Th- that's sort of my criteria for uh, a movie and rain. If it meets all those, it's probably gonna be a classic. And I, I did fall asleep toward the end of this movie. <laughs> it was a bit Aww. late, but oh, man, I, I rewatched the part I missed. So it's not like I, I'm, I'm, I didn't give it a fair shot. Uh, but you think me fair, do you, Jack? You know what? There, <laughs> there are elements of this movie that I would, they're not necessarily quotable, but I think you could, um, definitely meme them and use them in memes really well, like, or gifts mm. or what have you that could evoke emotions well. And, and I, man, knowing that there's a lot of the stuff that I have issues with is resolved in a, Extended version. Should I follow my heart or follow my head? <laughs> hmm. 
This is when, when it comes to aesthetics, this is a place where I say, you know what? You can go ahead and follow your heart. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about your favorite color. Sure. Follow your yeah, heart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm black as midnight. Okay. Black here's where I'm, here's where I'm going to have to, would I watch this again? Would I watch this movie again? Would I watch the U S theatrical version again? I don't think I would. I, yeah, I don't okay. think I would. Oh man. But, are, would you be excited to see the extended? Yes, but if we're not factoring in the Oh, extended, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I can't not pretend that the extended doesn't exist. So I'm going to say nostalgic uh, because here, here's what it is. I think, I think it's, worth, it's worth a shot seeing. And if, if you're at, okay, if you're not, if you hate fantasy at all, don't, don't watch this movie. If you, yeah. you like fantasy okay, I think it's worth a shot, especially if you're into fairy tale type fantasy. And and then if you find you like it, see the extended. I mean, you'll waste less time if you see this version and be like, oh, this wasn't for me. Okay, don't see the extended then. But if it was for you and you want to see more, see the extended. So I think I'm I'm gonna go with nostalgic. This was tough, but I'm I think I'm gonna go with nostalgic. So with that, the retro rewind podcast rates legend a, d- a disputed nostalgic movie. We recommend you uh, see it if you enjoyed it as a kid, or in my case, see it if you enjoy fantasy. And if you do like it, check out the extended. All right, I think it's time to get back to good old 2018. Alice, can you get us there? No. <laughs> yeah. Comsat online. Receiving incoming transmission. <laughs> Alrighty, we do have some feedback. Uh, we recently got, I mean, I'm pretty much going to call him a new rewinder because, man, uh, Rathion Hudson on Twitter, uh, you can he's been uh, tweeting us a lot. I think he's listening to a bunch of our back catalog, which is awesome to hear. He's at CM Rathion, and here are a few of his comments. I'm not going to read every comment he's left, because, but I'm going to read some of the, the highlights here. I just started listening to a Retro Rewind podcast, and me and my parents loved all your thoughts on The Lion King. Yes, wet rocks are shiny. Yes, I was personally surprised when I found out that that was not a lion roar by request, but a personal a person heavily edited. Uh, was, was that Jim Cummings or Frank Welker, did we say? That was The Lion. Do you remember, Paul? The, who did The Lion Probably sounds? Frank. Yeah. I don't uh, remember. Oh, I found your podcast while searching for Retro. Uh, and yours has, he, he said another podcast, which I won't say because he says yours has much better audio quality. No offense to this other podcast. Um, I love You should hear our first episode or number three. I feel like, or yeah, don't, don't listen to number three. (laughs) Rathion also says, loved your matrix episode. It was a, whoa. And I just listened to your Mega Man X episode. I didn't know that Mega Man side scrollers, Battle Network, and Zero were connected in story. Thanks. Boom. And finally, he said, Cowabunga from Who Framed Roger Rabbit podcast. I think at first I'm like, where is that coming from? But I think at the end of that episode, we said, if you listened all the way to the end, say Cowabunga or tweet us Cowabunga or something. So we had someone actually do it. That's like, what, four years later? (laughs) because <laughs> that was episode 35. Anyway, yes, I listened all the way to the end because I enjoy the dialogue between podcaster, guest, and Alice Alice and comments read out. So thank you so much, 
Arathion. Hope you're enjoying uh, this episode and all the other ones. Uh, now I want to say on to announcements. Vote on the movies we cover by going to retrorewindpodcast.com slash vote. Buy our t-shirts at retrorewindpodcast.com slash store. Get bonus content and more by supporting us on Patreon at retrorewindpodcast.com slash support. And contact us at retrorewindpodcast.com slash, you guessed it, contact. Not That's not part of the URL. You guessed it is not part. Just type in contact. <laughs> uh, how else can people reach us, Paul, and you specifically? You can talk to us on social media. We are Retro Rewind Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and you can watch us record these very podcasts live, like right now, like some people are. Uh, and you can we stream video games, pixel art, and in, in, uh, illustration. I can't even say it because I don't even stream it. That's Francisco. <laughs> Uh, you can follow us on twitch.tv slash retro rewind pod. But if you want to find me specifically, you can go to pauljpowers.com where I have all my social media links. Or you can just listen to the next episode when we cover the movie The Lady and the Tramp. Oh, Lady and the Tramp, eh? From 1955. Wow. 1955. <laughs> <laughs> Was not expecting that BTDF uh, reference. Uh, thank you so much, Paul. Uh, it's so such a treat getting to do this show with you uh, every other week. So thank you so much for being my co-host, my first officer, executive officer, first mate, executive officer. Yeah, one of those. Yeah, Likewise. Well, something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, Same to you. Awesome. Yeah, we'll continue now. <laughs> I'm also very grateful to our heroic guest for taking time to discuss legend with us. Peter, thank you so much for being here uh, this time. Is there, it's been legendary. It's been Woo-hoo. legendary. Yeah, that's a much better pun. Uh, <laughs> can you tell us where people can find you online, uh, where they can find Spirit Blade, et cetera, and anything you'd like to promote specifically? Yeah, uh, well, Spirit Blade Productions is where you find the audio drama stuff. That's spiritblade.com. But most of the stuff that folks who listen to this would probably be interested in would more likely be found at christiangeekcentral.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, on Twitter, I'm at Christian underscore geek. And you can also find Christian Geek Central on Facebook and uh, there our YouTube channel where I put out a lot of content uh, week to week, youtube.com slash Christian Geek Central. Awesome. And that includes like movie reviews, video game stuff, uh, a Bible study, uh, all kinds of stuff like that. Very cool. I, I'm curious because I'm, I'm a fan of your podcast and Christian Geek Central. Um, is there, uh, what can we expect from your 500th episode coming up? I believe by when this airs, you know, it'll be coming up the the this coming Friday. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be. I'm really looking forward to oddly enough, Far Cry Five, <laughs> uh, which <laughs> which uh, I'll be talking about. I'm pretty sure on that episode, and then also doing. I'll be reviewing a Ready Player One, and uh, and the the rest of that episode. A lot of it is going to be just looking back at. Uh, what is crazy to me, 500 episodes of doing that podcast. I've been podcasting for like uh, close to 12 years now, which is insane Whoa, to think about. Oh my goodness. I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. And uh, doing a podcast every week for that long, it's um, it's amazing. There's still things <laughs> to talk about. <laughs> wow. And, uh, and so, uh, yeah, I'll just be spending some time looking back at uh, you know how the podcast has changed how it's grown some of the memories that stick out is like crazy or cringeworthy or fun or whatever so i think it'll be a really fun episode well really looking forward to that awesome awesome uh most of all though i appreciate you yes you listening right now or watching right now if you're watching on on the stream 
Whether this is your first time listening to the show or you're a part of our Rad Rewinder community, thanks for spending time with us. And we really do pray that you're more joyful now than when you first hit play. Uh, I have been and continue to be Francisco Ruiz. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at FXRUIZX. And you can hire me to do pixel art illustration for you via Fiverr at RetroRewindPodcast.com slash Fiverr. Finally, we are proud to be a part of the Retro Junkies Network at theretrojunkies.com and the Christian Geek Central Network at christiangeekcentral.com. You can catch us at either of those, but like a Pokemon, we got to catch you all later on the next episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Retro Rewind Mission Complete. Proceed to Nap Point Omega and return to base. Higher, higher, burning fire. This episode is now retired. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> beautiful. Well done.